Welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions to get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Join me here is Glenn Fitzgerald. I'm under protest. This is in no way a real show. Sure, we'll get into that. He is still the founder and president of Mission USA. We want to be clear about that. <laughs> he's not protesting that. I don't think he's under state of just general protest. What is even real at this point? Oh, it's going to be very postmodern on the yeah. Say That podcast. They're also joined by Jed Brew, the director of Mission USA Productions. Uh, point of order. I, I think you mean to say that the episode is not real. The, the, the show is quite real. Well, you know. I have a feeling by the end of this, it'll be like having watched a Truffaut film. We'll all wonder if anything's real. <laughs> if, if a podcast falls in the woods <laughs> and there's no Lee on it, did you hear it? If you get all the way through a podcast episode and don't hear about how to subscribe to a service that sends you ingredients for food to your house, yeah. is, is it really a podcast? Well, no, definitely. It's certainly not an NPR podcast in that case. Yes. Well, now, are you are you under protest for Lee-related reasons? Yes. And and what what would those be? Do you not likely? Because he's a pretty well, cool dude. Uh, well, uh, no, yeah, generally. But okay. it's that he's not on the show, therefore it's not a real show. I see. Also, more importantly, I'm not wearing headphones because normally I wear headphones in order to hear Lee. Right. But with no he, Lee. He with no Lee. We well, told no you you could wear headphones if you wanted, and you screamed about how the headphones would be a lie. That's well, right. Let me ask you this. Are you more concerned about the lack of Lee or lack of headphones? Well, you know, on that basis, I declare an emergency. Wow, a cop-out emergency. <laughs> wow. That was a parachute of an emergency. Here's what's happening, y'all. It's a real crisis. Is it? Yes. This okay. is a severe crisis. Not a crisis you just made up to get out of answering that question. So, here's what's going on. We have stalkers. Wow. It's official. Okay. And it's serious. This sounds like more of a matter for the police than the uh, the podcast emergency. Yeah, I gotta be honest. That's that's pretty dark, dude. It's a, yeah. It's a real problem. What, what evidence do we have? Well, here's what happened was um, we have uh, super fans out there. We do? Yes. We're very much not stalkers. We want to be clear about that. Well, and what a lot of them, they like us. Really? You know, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. Still not stalkers. We want to be clear. Not accusing the audience of being stalkers. And, and and a lot of them, you know, some of them kind of cross the line. You downloaded, you downgraded from a lot to some very quickly there. Here's what happens is... This makes me think you're not being entirely truthful about this situation, Glenn. <laughs> Here's what happens. Some people love the show and some people just lose their minds. You know, they just love it so much, they just go crazy. Wait, there are people that like this show? No, no to both. <laughs> there are people who tolerate this show, and I don't think it's driven anyone crazy quite yet. Okay. Here's what happened is, well, we had some super fans. You know, they, they like the show. They, they, you know, we thought they liked it regularly. All of which strength. we celebrate and don't want to accuse anyone of anything weird. That's this right. whole concept is foreign to me, but go on. Well, so what happened is, uh, they came over to uh, the house here. Okay. And we... we Record the show, as people know, in an underground bunker. Yes. So it, the, my house is on the ground floor, and then you get on like a elevator. You go down into the take, sure. You pull down a statue of Shakespeare and slide down the say that poles. Yeah, and it goes down like 150 feet sure. underground, and that's 10, where we 150, are. whatever it is. Sure. And it's like lead lined. Sure. And so well, forth. the paint's pretty old, so maybe. And so what happens is we're we're down there because if anything happens, you know we're going to survive. Sure, right. you people not so much, but we, the 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 thing that gives you comfort is we'll make it. Sure, right, yeah. Well, these super fans, they're at the house. They want to know 
can we go to the underground bunker? Now, normally, if it's us, we would say, well, of course not. Because that's, uh, you know, that's the layer. That's the secret. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you know. Now, when you say super fans were at the house, do you mean the group of gals who was getting ministry training from your wives? Super fans. Now, here's what happened is, like, if people but say... They were here for totally non-say-that-related reasons about their own ministry. Here's what happens is... Uh, I feel like, like you're choosing not to hear the words I say. <laughs> like, people say, can I come to the Batcave? And Batman says, you know, no. Yeah, it's no, not no. like that. You know, it's... Uh, Michael Keaton said people could come into the Batcave. That's why he's the good one. Well, okay. So here's what <laughs> happened is... Uh, they get all excited because they they like the podcast. They want to see where the podcast was recorded, right. and because our wives don't care anything about security, sure, they let them down to the underground I'm bunker. Officially distancing myself from this emergency. <laughs> okay, so what happens is they get they see you know where the magic happens, right? Which by that I mean where we record the podcast, right? Yes, and a so, small round table in a basement. So what happens is. They decide they're going to uh, put on our headphones that Cam. we have. Down I here. think Cam, we've so gotten to why this bothers Glenn. They're putting on our actual headphones. Okay. They pose themselves in front of the mic and have a picture taken mm. of themselves stalking us. That's mm. okay, Glenn. There's a number of crazy things going on here, <laughs> and I want to address them in order of severity. The first and most important of which is stalking is a thing that has a legal definition. Right. And being that none of us were on the premises when this happened, right. I don't think sitting in a chair where someone isn't can meet that their legal definition. Well, here's what happens is it starts with selfies. But that's okay. what they call selfies is, is when you take a picture of, of yourself. Of yourself. Yes, I mean, they had someone else take a picture of all three of them. So what happens That's an is other-y. it starts with that. Right. So I got better. It's an Elsie. Someone else did it. That's good. Uh, I like that. That's very, very good. That was worth going Co- back for. Copy had Go not be used out for say that in enterprises. Okay. So what happens is uh, it starts there. And it stays there, right? Yeah. Harmless and, and no, problematic in any way. No. I feel what like happens that's not is helping. It escalates from there. It escalates? It escalates. Everybody freak out! No. I'm, look, I'm not trying to... No escalation. To, no, no accusations. I'm not trying to say they want to kill us and wear our, our, our flesh as suits. I'm well, not good, saying Because that. that would be insane. But there's no I, other reasonable conclusion, Glenn. There's well, so many... Re- that is A, that is not a reasonable conclusion. <laughs> B, there's so many other conclusions. Let me tell you what, though. If any of these lovely gals send us lotion for Christmas... Wow. We are going wow. to be suspicious. Call the authorities... This is getting out of hand. Again, of the crazy things that are yes. going on right now, one thing we need to stop do is stop down and remind Glenn that the majority of our audience was born after Silence of the Lambs came out. I guess and that's that true. sounded even weirder to them. <laughs> yes. Hello, Clarice. So okay. they have no idea what you're mentioning. Okay, first of all, hit pause on this. Go watch Silence of the Lambs. Be completely horrified. Yeah, maybe don't. Maybe we're not the Christian podcast that suggests people watch the cannibal movies. <laughs> How about right. that? Don't ruin it. <laughs> Look, I feel like we've 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 you know we've gone down a conversational cul-de-sac here. Really? Here, <laughs> how could that have happened, Glenn? Here's the point: stalkers. Yes. No. People love this show so much they're they're losing their minds. Are our stalkers cannibals? Well, we don't have proof of not that, Chad. Oh goodness! I feel like the now. lack of Lee has really turned the balance of insane people against me on this show. Yeah. No, I. I here, here, here's here's what we're trying to say. It's okay to love the show. 
it's love it's okay to feel like it's one of the best things that's ever happened in your life and sure well in human achievement to be sure and sure uh people uh want to do the uh, say that cosplay you know they sure. you know, dress up as us and sure or the know, table say that you know, cosplay is mostly looking tired <laughs> <laughs> and you know, get you, Halloween's coming up, so you probably want to do your you know, sure. say that the costume character sure. situation. Sexy yeah. table, really? Right. That's how you know it's a Halloween costume. Shed sexy in front of it. Oh, uh, okay. Damn. I think this yeah. is a, a vein of conversation we should end now before it gets worse. Sexy headphones. No, it's a great costume. Stop it. <laughs> I only take solace in the fact that this episode will be coming out after Halloween. <laughs> But uh, here, here's what we're saying. Enjoy, say that, as we always say. Enjoy, say that responsibly. Totally. Sure. Don't go overboard and, and start stalking people. No. And again, by stalking, you mean being at an unrelated meeting where you're learning to do better ministry and then taking a picture. Right. Glenn, I feel like you just want to have a stalker because you think that's cool. <laughs> it's not cool. <laughs> don't, don't let TMZ get to you, Glenn. It's not cool. Stalkers, y'all. Yeah. We've got stalkers. <laughs> Absolutely not. And on that basis, I declare a very dangerous no. emergency off. Whoa. Lord. <laughs> well, they, these are these uh these fine people are not the first ones who have visited Say That World Headquarters. We were the first uh super fans who visited the current one. We used to yeah. before Glenn and Jane moved, we uh we recorded the basement at our old house. And in that one we'd had quite a number of people come through. We'd had yeah. uh our friend Charlie, we had a Adam, had a Bridie, and if I can really get around the universal experience was, oh, so like, uh, well, well, I'll look at where you did pie. So, uh-huh. Right, yeah. So we're going back upstairs now, right? Yeah. Because it's a table. Yeah. With yeah. a computer in front of it. Yeah, it's it's exactly like listening to it, only it's in, it's in life. It's, yeah. It's yeah. the yeah. same thing. Really underwhelming visual content. Yeah, we have had at this point a number of people who were in town for their stuff and hang out with us. Say, you know, on Sundays we say we're going to go back and say, oh, I'll, I'll sit in on that. That sounds cool. Which we desperately try to warn them it's not. Yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> well, no visual element to this show. Well, even stronger than that are the the many many people that I've met in real life that listen to the show that just stand there grinning for the first fifteen minutes that you talk to them. And you realize they've pictured an entirely different looking person no. in their mind. Sure. And they're just freaked out to hear your voice coming out of this little face. Uh, little uh, hobbit of a person that's talking <laughs> to them. I think you might be projecting some of those feelings, Len. Well, you know. But uh, uh, we're, we're, very, um, we're very happy to have very enthusiastic fans and... Uh, we we thank uh, Miss Jenna and Miss Christy and Miss Amanda for listening. And I'm glad you it. mentioned their names after you did the whole stalker bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you know them, be sure and uh, no. tease them about. Now we're that. now we're getting into libelous territory. <laughs> Self sabotage, the guiding principle of the Say That podcast. <laughs> we'll teach you to like this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, we do want to thank them. We do also want to thank them because, as I believe, we are three for three on people who took that photo out being Bridgebox subscribers. Ooh. So I think now, unintentionally, we're going to offer that if you're a Bridgebox subscriber, um, technically you can have your picture taken at the Say That Bunker. 
if you're there for other reasons and none of us are here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't want to be We're not going to be in the picture. I understand that some people, maybe even a lot of people who listen to this podcast, carry germs. There is that. So I, I think In the be, midst of the plug? For the, I think it's for the best that... Uh, like <laughs> You're a, Howard Hughesing me in the middle of the plug. It's like a quarantine, basically. Self-sabotage. What are those jars full of, Glenn? <laughs> Why are the Kleenex boxes on your feet? <laughs> Speaking of references no one under the age of 40 will get. They're all Bridgebox subscribers, which we celebrate oh, and yes, don't yes. seek to mock. Yes. Well, they fund the wonderful ministry we do. Our deacons, oh. who are doing a great job. Yes. Who, uh, we, we actually have a question on here. Which one of our deacons? But uh, they're doing a wonderful job, and that's because of our fine Bridge Rock subscribers from around the world, many of whom have visited the underground bunker, and uh, as long as you do it while we're not here, we're fine with it. Yeah. yeah. So, missionusa.com slash bridgebox. Not only do you get a possible photo op with the table. Yes. None of us will be here, but the table will probably be set up. Yes. You get songs, sermons, Bible studies, lots of good stuff based around a topic we're moving into the month of November, where the topic will be what, Jen? How do I give thanks even when things are tough? Ah, topical. Yes. And uh, so all that, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, number one way that the good people who like the show can support us. Glenn, do you have one more uh, unhinged crazy thing to say? Just, uh, I think we're getting very close to the idea of Say That Fantasy Camp. Sure, yeah. Where people uh, pay an exorbitant amount of money, they get to come to the and do the sit at the table, right? Sure. And then they get to say things into the microphone, right? And then you know it's like you know being uh, you know and on the you know. There's one problem. What's that? If we bring in people and they say things, there's a good chance those things will be smarter than the things we say. Uh, oh, we're not putting them out. Oh, we're burying oh, okay. it. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. We would. You That's know, we're not hitting record. Yeah, then we'll really, you know, uh, we'll really undercut their confidence. Like, right. oh, I mean, yeah, not bad for your first time out. Not That's bad right. at all. Yeah, <laughs> writing yeah. down. Mm, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yes, and I think Glenn just described fifty percent of what I imagine Christian college is. Sure. You just pay a lot of money and you be there and everyone says, wow, that was really Christian of you. Mm. It's the most Christian. So, you know, it's a good model, I think. But for now, uh, think of think of Bridgebox as your uh, your correspondence course. Ooh. Oh. Building up to the Say That Fantasy Camp. And one day we'll build, I mean, we're going to build Say That Land. We'll have the whole complex. Sure. You know? yeah. It's a grumpy world after all, these kind of things. Surprisingly, next month's issue of Bridgebox is about TV and VCR repair. <laughs> it's a growing industry. Mm. Yes. I mean... Probably if you look at a lot of a month by month basis. Yeah. I mean, don't zoom out too far <laughs> on that graph. But anyway, somehow we let the emergency infect the Bridgebox plug. But missionosa.com slash Bridgebox. We will now move on to our questions and hope that the stalking humor is over, but I'm not confident. Probably not. Okay, we'll we're move on to our first question. Here. Lee, we need you. Yeah, no doubt. The show is not the same without you, Lee. We need an adult. We we jumped to our first question. If you have a question for us, hang us all the way to the end. I'll give you some ways to get in touch with us. First one is the uh, it comes in. It says, "I read a recent Uncle Glenn blog post uh, uh, where you talk about praying God would make you easy to bless. What does that mean?" And Glenn, do you want to start off by giving us just the the snapshot backstory of what that post was about, and then walks into it? Uh, yeah, because this is one where uh, that I mentioned with our uh, with our deacon where. Uh, our Deacon George, doing a great job, was going to meet the guy the next day and sent you a picture of 
the coffee and donut he had brought for the guy who didn't show up, so he just ate it. <laughs> yes. Which that's that's just good ministering. That Don't is. let the donut go to waste. That's that's right. Uh, and and be easy to bless, or someone else will eat your donut. <laughs> so, but uh, I eat your donut. Go on. Thank you. How does how does the concept of easy to bless? Maybe it's pretty good, well illustrated by that story. Yeah. Well, I think uh, essentially, uh, I think we we have a way of looking at our, our Christian life of our our calling of of. The amount of blessings that we have in our life is is things that just kind of happen to us or don't happen to us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the idea that that those are things that just kind of fall in our lap, and we have to sit around and wait for that to happen and hope and wish that that would happen, uh, and that's actually kind of the opposite of how this works. That uh, all of the blessings that we have, we have to do something in order to access them. This is just kind of how life works. So, if, you know. Uh, in the case of the the story from the from the blog post, it's a cl- very clear sense of, you know, meet me in this time or place, and I will bless you. Make and, sure you live indoors. That's in right. This particular case, uh, it, it's surprising, really, how often for people like us who are in ministries, surprising how many of the people that we deal with are actually tough to bless. Yeah. They. You just can't be made to show up at a time or a place or return an email or whatever the thing is. Or when they do, and this is a recent funny story of our friend Pete, who took a guy to who had been kicked out of some other programs to a program where you have some friends who work or who are great guys, and they're laying out for him. You know, here's what here's you know the place, and here's the program, here's the times after you. And this to hear Pete tell it, which I totally believe, this guy had a posture of, "What do you have to offer me?" Yeah, yeah. as if he were being recruited by several universities. This kind yes. of that. Mm, not sure if all this works for me. That's right. Yeah, ultimately, uh, we're blessed that we have uh, options of a lot of different yeah. people that need help. And so for us, uh, you know, the first thing that we look at is given that we don't have all the time and all the opportunity to help everybody that is looking for help, we tend to sort those people up front by people who are easy to bless and are, are ready to move forward. Versus those who aren't easy to bless, you yeah. know, don't won't show up at the place, won't mm-hmm. return the email or phone call, whatever the thing is, or seem to be putting lots of barriers in the way of that. Yeah, and that, and that it should be pointed out that that's very different from people who have problems that seem easily solved versus people right. who have complicated problems. Yeah. Those are totally unrelated. Oh yeah, yeah, the complicated is fine. You know, if you if you'll work with us, we're just going to start from the beginning and, and and go through it. That for us that's not a consideration at all. Yeah, easy know? to bless is in that sense is more of a are you willing to do one step at a time as opposed right. to how quickly do we get to the end of this situation? Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. So um the Bible says make the most of every opportunity. And I'm not sure that that's a focus a lot of Christians have. I, I think they they have the sense, again, that, that, that God's going to just swoop in and kind of dump it in their lap, uh, but there's not an opportunity that I need to make the most of here. Uh, and I think have, having that uh, viewpoint, it's, it's amazing, again, being on the observing end of this and seeing people who do make the most of every opportunity, it's amazing the amount of growth and yeah. change and transformation happens in their life. Uh, you know, well, we were talking about our uh, deacons that help us out with our service. These are people who've come up through uh, our ministry, and we've worked with them and discipled them, and uh, Pete from our staff has invested a lot of time in training them up. And all of those individuals are people who just any opportunity that comes their way, they grab a hold of that, and they take a hold of that opportunity. Um, but here's the thing, is 
I think a fear of failure is the main thing that keeps us from accessing that those opportunities. That sense of, uh, you know, I'm I'm I don't want to pursue this because it might blow up in my face and may really go badly. But here's the thing that you ought to know about us is we fail much more often than anybody that you know. Yeah. We, Even more than you hear on this show, which is quite often. That's right. Now, we also succeed more than anybody else that you know, but those two go together. You know, that's how we got to the success, is you failed a certain amount of times, then you figured it out, then you succeeded. We take a lot of swings. Yeah, we, you just it's, it's ingrained in us. There have to be X number of mistakes before you get to success. That that's just that's how life works, you know. Yeah. So if that's you know for you, if that's asking somebody out, if that's uh, you know learning a new thing, if it's changing a profession, whatever those things are, to recognize that that that's how that goes. The sacrifice to get the blessing is always smaller than the blessing itself. If I mm-hmm. say to you, "There's a million dollars waiting for you on the other side of town," you say, "Oh well, I know." Traffic's pretty bad. Traffic, my car isn't running very good. I think I have to Uber and probably have to download it and then have to put my credit card information in it. I have a lot of ethical concerns about Uber, too. Kind of getting complicated. Yeah, but that's a small thing in comparison with the blessing. But we have to see it in that way. If if you're not willing to make those sacrifices and that's not your, your heart and your attitude... You, you aren't going to get to those blessings. Yeah, I think that's a really fantastic point. And Jed, maybe if you can uh, start us off talking about the, kind of the other side of this, which is important to look at, which is what are the things that stop people from having this particular attitude? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if you think about what a blessing is, right, I think most people, they think about one half of a blessing, and that half is we're going to add something new into my life, right? And that's great. Everybody wants that. But whether it's a new job or a new dating relationship or a new puppy, a new car, a a new super new cool church, but there's something new that we're going to add into my life. And that's basically what everybody thinks of when they think of a blessing. And that's fine, but that's only half of a blessing. People generally don't think very much about the fact that with every addition, there's going to be a change in approach or mindset that we have to take or a change in behavior that we have to take in order to have this thing. I mean, um, if we – so, you know, if God is you know blesses us with a new dating relationship, but then we continue to live as a single person – we will quickly have problems for, you know, we, we must change our behavior in order to take a hold of this new blessing. I mean, that... Well, why you got to be uptight and put labels on everything, Jared? <laughs> now, similarly, if you, uh, if God blesses you with a, you, you've had no job and God blesses you with a new job, if you continue to uh, do exactly what you did when you had no job, then you actually will not have the new job either. Mm. Um, sir, I see you've never showed up for work. That's going to that's gonna put a crimp in our employment situation. Well, I didn't want it to be about, you know, what I do. I just wanted the glory to go to the Lord. Absolutely. It's, oh, yeah. it's all about him. Ruin it by showing up and doing things. Totally. So, blessings, there's there's two halves. There's the new thing that we're excited about, but then there's the changes that, that go along with that new thing. And nobody wants that. No, nobody wants to make changes. Nobody that includes me. That's just part of the human condition. So if you want to be easy to bless, I I think the the two questions that we want to look at, and, and these applies to all of us, is does God have permission to interrupt your plans? Mm, yeah. Because the thing that we run into a lot for for all of us, and certainly in, in the line of work that all of us on the show do, is people have a plan of how they're gonna fix this problem. And the thing about God's blessings is they usually involve changing that plan, 
to a different plan. It may not be a huge change, but it's a little bit different. So does God have your permission to interrupt your plans? Similarly, does God have permission to preempt your ideas? Did you straight up say, I have a better idea. I I hear you on XYZ, but we're going to do ABC. Because I think a lot of us struggle with that. I think, you know, um, there are a lot of us who would not think of ourselves as prideful people, but deep down, we kind of feel like our ideas are the best ideas. They're the really good top shelf ideas. They're not working and they're not yielding good results and they're not getting us where we want to go, but I'm an idea guy. Yeah. And it's pretty cool if you get to meet me. Uh, God has a way of coming in and saying, I hear you. I have a totally different idea and I want us to go in a different direction on that basis. And being easy to bless is about having the humility to say, he's God and I'm not. And so I'm at the very least, I want to hear him out on this idea. I don't want to just reject things out of hand, but I would say 90% of people not being easy to bless comes down to rejecting out of hand ideas and approaches that they hadn't already thought of. I think Mm -hmm. is what that is, what that boils down to. And, um, if you want to be easy to bless, then I think it's about recognizing that a blessing always involves change, always, but that it often involves, again, a change in your plans and a change in the idea of how we're going to do stuff. And that um, if we can have a humility and be open to new things, new ideas, new approaches, then we're probably also open to receiving the great blessings that come with those new ideas and approaches, which is what God wants for us. That's a really fantastic point. I would, I would add to that is in that exact same vein that not only does one of the things that holds people back on this, their ideas about specific things, but just kind of a general idea of the arc of a narrative something should have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have the people who, to use an example that Glenn brought up about uh, romantic relationships, of, well, yeah, I kind of always feared the way this would happen, it'd be, there'd be a very adorable stare across a, a very shishi coffee shop, and then it would all kick off from there. And, We'd have a meat cute. Yes, you know, yeah. the, the cutest of meats. And then, but yeah, you know, I'm on an app and I'm typing stuff in. It seems like kind of a bummer. So, and that's not taking possible advantage. And maybe that doesn't work for everybody, but as Jed's saying, if you have a, an issue, if you have something you want to increase in your life, and there's something sitting there that's an opportunity, that's kind of being hard to bless. Is, yeah walking past that thing that could help, and it may not, but as we often talk about on the show, that getting in motion in and of itself can be a blessing. To take it back to the deacons example that Glenn used, one of the things we've observed about a lot of the guys who either become deacons or just do really well in the residential kind of drug rehab programs we we interact with a lot is a lot of these places uh, are kind of, in a weird way, like middle school. Mm. both in the way they're set up and that there's concrete and there are posters everywhere, but also it's just kind of, there's a lot of activities offered, right? You don't have to do them, right? But you know, there's, they'll bring in dogs and you can learn to train the dogs or you can do, you know, the whatever and do the running club, GD program, whatever. And there are some people who their attitude, and this is an attitude I can entirely uh, relate to is I'm going to do the minimum. Right. I'm going to be here. I'm not going to get kicked out. And then speaking of the way I went through school, but I'm not doing any, you know, I'm not really gummed in. And there are some guys who say, guys and gals, I should very much say, say, I'm here. I got X number of hours in Phil. This beat staring at the wall. Maybe it'll be good. Yeah. We have a, a fair number of friends at this point from one particular program who there's, they get up and run. Right. In the morning. Right. And to talk to all of them, the first thing they thought was, this is going to be awful. This is, you know, it's, I have to, 
get up really early. It's Chicago. It's you know, whatever. And then they found out that, wow, that actually helps. And that's there's a lot of science behind that, that regular exercise really helps that recovery process. But they, you don't find that out if you don't push through that first kind of what could possibly be good about this. Some of this is also a mindset thing of mm-hmm. life will be, you know, whatever it is until, as Glenn is saying, the, the kind of lightning bolt of blessing interrupts all that as opposed to there are some things that could be small incremental steps to the positive and I should be looking for those. So some of this is, as the Bible put it, having eyes to see, which mm. is all very good stuff and being easy to bless. Okay, we're going to go to another Say That interview. I got a chance to talk to Cody Carnes. He is putting out his first studio record, solo record, but you may know him. He is one of the guys involved in Gateway Worship who have put out a bunch of records. He is uh, married to and touring currently with Carrie Job, who you may have heard of. So a really cool guy, worship leader. And we get to talk about kind of him stepping in the studio and some other fun stuff about touring with his wife and some plans for a cool upcoming project. So we'll take that right now. So folks might, if they do know you, they probably know you from the gateway worship stuff. Maybe they've sung your songs in church. So what was the, uh, why a studio record and why was now the time? Well, I've been dreaming up like doing a, you know, signing, doing a record and, and for about five years and I just been waiting on really the right time, just waiting on God to open the doors and, um, you know, just been serving in church since I was, you know, a young kid. And, and so really it's just been like, man, I feel called to create music. I feel called to lead worship and I'm just going to do it in church until God opens the doors. And so I can't really tell you other than the timing. Like, that's just really what it was. It was just um, serving in church. I met Carrie when I was like, uh, I was 20. And uh, she invited me to be in her band. And that was, you know, quite a few years ago. And um, we just became really good friends in that process. Um, And then I was on staff at Gateway in Dallas for a long time. And, um, you know, was writing songs for there, for those projects and leading songs on those projects. And then Carrie and I ended up, you know, obviously get dating, getting married. Um, and then we moved to Nashville. And um, man, that just, it really just started, uh, God has started opening doors with Capital. And I ended up signing back in February. And, you know, and I've just been dreaming of doing this record and, and kind of dreaming up this sound. You know, I wanted to just, I wanted to take all my favorite musical influences, um, which is like, you know, Mute Math and, and Bon Iver and okay. Mark Public and Coldplay, you know, I love pop melodies. I love kind of like gritty rock and roll, indie electronic, you know, I love all that stuff. Um, and I love when I go see those bands, like I love the creative experience that they bring, like it challenges me musically and like visually it's just incredible. And, and then I also love worship. You know, I love the presence of God. I love going to a Hillsong night or a Bethel night or going to church and, you know, experiencing the presence of God. And, and, I was like, man, I, I really want to marry these two things together. You know, like what if I was going to a Mute Math show or a Coldplay show and getting all that experience, but also what if they were leading me in worship? Like that to me would be like the ultimate like experience, you know, yeah. uh, spirit, spiritual and creative, you know. And so that really just kind of inspired me to, man, just be true to myself. What's the kind of music that I like? And then also just, you know, take the word of God and write these worship songs that I could lead people in worship with help connect them to the presence of God, but in this way that, you know, that I use the kind of music that I love, high energy, live, it's fun, it's high energy, you know, and, and it's a lot of visual stuff going on. So 
yeah, I just wanted to create kind of marry those two things together in this project. That's really cool. And in the process of marrying those things, obviously, even if which gateway would be in a lot of uh, larger worship bands would be even to do a live worship set, you have a lot of uh, kind of tools at your disposal as far as instrumentation and uh, yeah. talented players and stuff. But with yeah. that studio thing where you really can paint with a different set of colors, this is right. This is sure. uh, you're, it's made in a different way and it's made to do something different as, a, as you're saying, you know, you have live shows, but this is also, you know, the kid driving their car. What was the thought process as far as dialing in, giving someone that worshipful experience in that different setting? Yeah, I mean, I, I do love the studio setting because you can be you can be a bit more like you said it can be a bit more colorful because live live is awesome because you get the experience you you capture the sound of worship you capture the sound of the like the the encounter moment and um, studio though you capture all these different textures and stuff which we had a lot of fun creating those the producer I worked with Jeremy Latito um, we use a lot of analog synths and we use a lot of like really just fun, cool textures. Um, and I love that because it, that, that on the creative side allows just for us to kind of go, just kind of dig in creatively a lot more and really kind of tweak sounds and, and, and let everything kind of come out. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I loved creating a studio project and I think the next one I'll do will be live. I think I'll just kind of bounce back and forth. I actually want to do, I'm dreaming about, about doing a, a I want to do a live record inside a prison. Cool. Uh, because, I've, I've led worship in some prisons specifically there's this prison in texas and man i just i've never encountered i've never had an experience like that leading worship i've never had a more powerful experience just seeing the freedom that people that have encountered god inside prison the, the spiritual freedom they have while they're still in that place and seeing god go behind those walls and meet them where they're at man it's beautiful and i really just want to capture like that story of god doing that of god like just reviving these people in the, in the hardest of situations. And so, yeah, I mean, I think at some point I'll probably do a live record like that, which would be really fun. And, you know, so I love both. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool observation about the prison stuff. That's been our experience too. We do a chapel service at Cook County jail yeah. on a weekly basis where it's a little different setups. So we're not allowed to bring in instruments because of their security stuff, but yeah, yeah just those sure. guys clapping their hands and singing, it's, I think if you ask the average uh, churchgoer, they couldn't imagine the volume that oh, man. twenty dudes in a jail could make. It's I know it's unbelievable, and that 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 story needs to be captured. You know that uh, so many people don't realize what God is doing in those scenarios, and it's so like man, it's so encouraging and it's so powerful. You know, and I, I want to kind of figure out a way to do that, like capture that story, capture that what God is doing. You know, I think it's Absolutely. beautiful, man. So who knows that that'll come at some point? I'm sure. That's very cool, man. Well, you you mentioned your wife that uh, folks uh, who are familiar with Christian music may have known Carrie Job. Yep. And what's what's that experience been like? You guys are on tour right now, and both you know we you're are. leading worship together, and you've written on a lot of her projects, and now this time mm -hmm. it's she's doing some some uh, featuring on some of your tracks. What's that? Yeah relationship like as far as when you know sometimes it's you backing her up sometimes it's her backing you up how's that yeah. is that fun how's that work oh it's so fun man i you know god really just like i said you know we've been friends for a long time and we 
we even did we even toured together before we were ever dating and you know she asked me to be in her band but then she would let me lead songs and just stuff that i was writing like way back you know in the day and and so it's been really cool god just kind of brought us together in that way and and connected us and it's like it's it was destiny for us to do this together and so man it's just so fun and and yeah we do like this tandem thing a lot now especially now that we both have records out you know, I'll, I, I play in her band still, like on her set on the tour. You know, I'm playing bass and I'm, I'm directing the band and I'm kind of I'm supporting her, which I love doing. And then, yeah, I do my set and she comes out and sings a song and she's with me. And, you know, so it's, it's just fun to kind of do this tandem thing and to just lead it together. And um, it's powerful, like a married couple leading worship together. And we both have our strengths. And, and you know, it's just a beautiful kind of representation, I think, of what god designed like marriage to be and church to be and so man we love it it's just so much fun we have a studio in our house you know a little room um, that we write music in all the time and you know it's definitely the kind of environment that we've dreamed of you know being in and the kind of life we've dreamed of living both of us and so we're having a blast and our we have a 20 month old son canyon who travels with us he's on the bus with us all the time he has his own bunk he has his own like he brings all of his toys and takes over our bus. Sure. And it's it's awesome. We we go to like every zoo and every children's museum, like in every city that we go to. <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot of fun, man. We love it. Dude, that's awesome. And you guys are on tour yeah. right now, and the record is out right now. The darker yeah. the night, the brighter the morning. You can yes. get that anywhere you get music, Apple, Spotify, etc. And check out more at CodyCarns.com. Cody, thanks so much for your time, man. Yeah. Of course, man. Thank you, guys. All right. An excellent conversation with Cody. You can check out his record. Again, that's called The Darker the Night, The Brighter the Morning. That is available everywhere you buy music now, or you can check out Cody Carnes, C-O-D-Y-C-A-R-N-E-S dot com. Okay, we're going to move on to our final question here. This one came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says... I'm a 23-year-old woman and live with my folks who control every aspect of my life, which, yes, includes no dating. I want to move out, but I'm scared. I'm disabled and have chronic pain, and the thoughts that stop me from moving out are you can't survive in a big city by yourself when you can't even take a shower by yourself. You can't pursue your graphic design career without mom and dad's help. You'll You'll move out and be free to follow God's calling someday. What do I do? Thank you, guys. And Jed, obviously, there's there's a fair amount going on in this question, but where would we start off? Well, we stand with you, and uh, we're sorry for the difficult parts, but uh, we've got your back, and just as much we believe in you. Um, the the specific circumstances may have been different, but the idea of I'm I'm living in a situation that I hate and I feel like there's no escape from it is something that all of us on this podcast have had in our lives, and we can, yep. we yeah. can relate to that emotional tenor certainly. One of the things that all of us discovered, and again, the specific concrete situations may have been different, but the the emotions are similar and the principles are very similar. One of the things that all of us have had to learn the hard way is the power of incremental change. Because one of the things that happens, this actually relates to our first question about being easy to bless, is when we're in a really tough situation, you know, I mean, one that's, that's sticky, it's just hard to get out of. One of the ideas that's often in our heads is, you know, it's not like you can flip a switch and have it all be different. And this is the thing. That's true. Right. That, that is accurate. And the stickier the situation, the more true that is. Mm-hmm. And then there's a therefore on that thought. Therefore, don't try. Therefore, right, 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 not, right. just give up. Nothing matters. Well, here's the thing. All change in life really, really is incremental. All of it. 
all changes little bits stacked on top of each other. That's actually mm. how basically everything works. There are a few things that look like they're very sudden, very big changes in life, but even those, if you if you track it back, most of that's actually incremental in a, in a, in a way. But the vast majority of life, it comes down to incremental change. And here's the good news is no matter how bad things are right this minute, and sometimes they're real bad right this minute, there are steps you can take today. Mm-hmm. There are steps you can take today. There are things you can do right now. You know, one of the things we, we do work behind bars, and one of the things that we face with the guys there is oftentimes a profound sense of despair of just, I am here for the next five years. There is nothing I can do. I have all these concerns. My family is out there. My children are out there. My lady is out there. Uh, there's nothing I can do. I am literally locked up, you know, so it's just despair and depression. Well, what guys discover you know, as they look at the stuff is actually there's stuff you can do right now. Uh, it may not be the stuff you want to do. It may not be the, the stuff that you would prefer to do, but there's things you can do. You can work on your education right now today. You can work on your spiritual life right now today. Uh, there's, there's stuff even locked up in a prison. There's stuff that you can do. So the question that I have for you is what are the steps that you can take today? What are the concrete things? Maybe they're small. That's okay. But what are the things you can do today that are positive and that can can build. You can do a little more of it tomorrow than you did today and a little bit more of it the day after tomorrow than you did the day before. Because as long as we're building, as long as there's momentum, then we can have all the hope in the world. We will get somewhere. Mm-hmm. When we, when it's easy to feel bereft of hope is when there's no momentum. <laughs> we are just at a standstill. But I'll give you an example of what I mean, because you mentioned graphic design. I don't know if any of this would apply to you, but it's just an example. So you, at someday and someday soon, you're going to move out. We, we know that, we, we believe that's going to be true for you. But here's what we know for sure is money is required to move. Uh, no matter what, that's just an expensive proposition. So we got to get you some cash. All right. Well, I've played in a lot of bands in my life, and here's what I know. Bands need flyers. They got shows going on. They need flyers. They need somebody to put together a flyer. Um, maybe you can put together some flyers for bands, and they'll pay you uh, 10 bucks. Well, that's hardly anything, but three things are true. The first is, it's experience doing graphic design, which is good. That's a craft. You get better at it the more you do. Second, $10 beats $0. Infinitely, in fact, yes. from the math. Uh, and if you stack a few $10 on top of each other, um, all of a sudden that's a, a real chunk of a security deposit. And here's the other thing. Now you, bands tend to live in cities. So now you know more people in the city and you have more connections with people that you might be able to network with and find some roommates and get a better living situation with lower rent, yada, yada, yada. Now, again, this example may not apply to your situation, but just as a for instance, now we've got something where we can build. We can, we can build actually a number of good things in our life all at once, build some skill, build some money, build some relationships. And before long, we might find that we're excited about what we're doing and what we have going on. And in many ways, that's actually... If it's not the most important part, that's way up there. Having some emotional momentum in a positive direction, not just things are moving, but you feel like things are moving, man, that's worth its weight in gold. And that's one of the things that really, really ties us down when we're in those discouraging moments is not just that our circumstances are bad, but we really feel like our circumstances are bad. When we see guys in jail turn it around is when their emotions are no longer in jail. That's when things start to really, really take off for them. And that moment, I think, is a lot closer than you might suspect. But it begins with finding those small steps that you can take today and then taking them one day at a time and building some positive momentum and progress. Really fantastic place to start that out. And Glenn, a good you here. There, That's all absolutely true, and it's great. How do we, do we, when we have 
certain extenuating circumstances, be that someone with physical disabilities, be that, as Jed's saying, someone who's in jail. One of the ones that you wouldn't, if you're not in that situation, you wouldn't think it comes up a lot with the guys we work with is having a felony on your record mm-hmm. and trying to get jobs and find a place to move in. So when we have those kind of uh, kind of added circumstances. How do we fold in this good wisdom that Jed's getting us to keep us kind of on that momentous path he's talking about? Well, and I think he's absolutely right. I mean, it's it the 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 first step is always the toughest. If yeah. you figure out how to mm-hmm. take that first step, you will find that momentum building. It will get easier as you go. Uh, I think the first part of this, though, that I, I, I want us to look at as we take that first step is to recognize that, yes, you do need help in order to do that. But here's the point. Everybody needs help. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, don't, you may need a very specialized kind of help. Very specialized kind of help. You might need more help than someone else, but everybody needs help. Everybody has something. It could be an insecurity. It could be a prison record. It could be anything. You know, I grew up poor and I don't have the money to pay for this college and I'm working and I have to do stuff in order to, and, and, and I had to help that person, uh, so they don't have because they don't have as, as much time mm-hmm. to study those kinds of things. Everybody uh, needs help, so that doesn't make your situation different in that way. And everyone is meant to give help. Amen. That's yeah. the if we have that perspective in our mind. Yes, I'm going to need access help somewhere. My goal is not to be an island unto myself. Yep. Sterile and needing no other person in any way. That's a terrible goal. You're never going to get there, and your life will suck the closer you get to it. And just to be clear, that's a terrible goal for anybody. Yeah, not just that's someone what I'm in saying. Your situation. Yeah. yeah, for everybody. That's exactly right. The whole idea here is to is to find people who do help you, whether that be an emotional help or whether it be, in this case, a physical help. Certainly, you need to find a fellowship with people who are a spiritual benefit to you. So that's essential for all of us. And, and so, you know, let's not shy away from that. Let's not try and bemoan the fact that that's needed. Everybody yeah. needs that. Uh, but we're also meant to find somebody to help. And I think that's a big part of this. You know, one of the things you're talking about is pursuing your calling someday. Pursue it right now, today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's how we're going to start on that, because we're talking first steps. The problem with a lot of people in their calling is they imagine in their brain the book. Yes. Of the ah. things that they will achieve. The and carefully, the, carefully edited book. And then they try and work backwards from there and start on chapter one. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be that person. We see a lot of those kinds of people out in the world uh, that, that are doing that, and they just... Gosh, they... It's sad. It's all about them, you know? So that's not good. Uh, and we see a lot of people who are sort of paralyzed because they can't imagine what the book would be. So right. that's... you know. Here's the thing. What if... Picture it in this way. What if you lifted up the person who wrote the book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be that person. Because we, we have real shortage of those out there that you could be that source of inspiration for other people to go forth and do amazing things. So... Uh, it's important for us to have that mentality of uh, coming at it from the point of view of lifting others up, up and being a, a, a servant. The truth is uh, that if you look at your life and the struggles you have, and we, and we let's make sure we are very clear about this, 
we aren't trying to 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 in any way minimize the, yeah. the struggle that you're going through, and we're also not trying to say we know what it's like because we no. don't. You know, that's we want to be clear with that. But it's important for all of us to recognize that success isn't automatic for anybody. Yeah. Everybody has to overcome something in order to achieve a certain amount of stress, a success, some more than others. But uh, having more to overcome doesn't mean it's less likely for you to succeed. Mm -hmm. And if you do get to that point of success, you have more strength than everybody else because it took more to get to that place. There's more character behind that. Uh, there's more uh, you know, of an ability to achieve the next thing that you want to be successful in. I think it's about recognizing... Uh, two, and I'm just going to throw this in as a, a bonus little point. One of my close buddies in high school uh, was uh, born blind, and his uh, mom moved him. Uh, they got a divorce, and the mom moved to a new town, which was our town. So he didn't have any friends and didn't know anybody, and she was really worried about him and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, we met him, and he's a really cool guy. We loved hanging out with him, and, and so we told her, well, you know, it you know, we'll, we'll take him out and we'll, you know, we'll, you know, if he because likes... she was new to the town, she didn't realize how horrible an idea that was. Well, that was the thing. And she, she stopped us and said, this is my boy who I love, who has a serious disability and he's very fragile and he's very sensitive. And I just would die if anything happened to him. Please tell me nothing will happen to him. I said, Oh no, ma'am. I I assure you, something will definitely happen to this guy. I think there's a. It's about to be crazy. I yeah, think there's that's a the point. The, there's a decent chance he'll get tetanus like by the end of the day if he's with us. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's going to be something here. And we did. We took him like we took him to the bowling alley and had him bowl at the other bowlers. We thought that was hilarious. And what are you going? He can't get mad. He's blind. Did know? he agree with his assessment that he was a very fragile person who couldn't handle no. the human world? Oh, <laughs> turns out that was the mom and not him. Yeah, but it was one of those things where I. I wish I could describe it, but um, he, his, him and his mom were super close because it, it took a lot of, I mean, you realize when you're around him that you have to be considerate of him. You have to mm -hmm. adjust and, and, you know, take uh, him into consideration of make sure you help him get out of the car. So otherwise, he's still going to be in the car, whatever the thing is. And, you know, if we're going upstairs, let him grab your elbows so he can feel mm -hmm. you going up and he knows there's a stair there, that kind of stuff. Uh, you, it just takes a little bit of extra thought. When you're a parent, you're doing that all day, every mm -hmm. day. There's a symbiosis that's happening there. There's a closeness. There's a care. There's a concern. And it, it, I'm not saying that it gets toxic or negative necessarily, but it gets so close that it needs to mm -hmm. sort of get further apart and, and everybody needs to be a little more independent. Yeah, maybe something that, and again, we're not experts in this situation, and the, these, but it would seem that something that does happen is you miss some of those natural... Points that come up in parenting to disengage from that. that yeah, it, you know this, you, this guy never got his driver's license. Yeah, never moved off to college. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's some natural points where a parent would say, "I I need to intentionally back off this yes. little bit." That maybe don't you have to force those as opposed to them coming up. That's exactly right, and that that's a positive process, and it's exactly what Jed is talking about. Of let's take some slow incremental steps and move forward with that, with the understanding that it's going to be kind of hard for everybody emotionally mm -hmm. hard. I mean, there, there are the physical challenges that we have here. Those can be overcome. Those can be dealt with. There's, there isn't any challenge you have that you can't deal with, that you can't find a way to move forward with everything God has called for your life. We believe that a thousand percent. Yep. Uh, but it's, it's about recognizing 
these are tough emotional gears for us mm. to shift, and that and that all of that's positive. Absolutely right. I, I think I, I would close this out by picking up right on that parental point because one of the things we didn't uh, really address, uh, you put in your question, is with you know my parents control every aspect of my life, and which includes no dating. And I think exactly as Glenn is pointing us to there, that's that's a bummer, and we don't we're not down with that. We don't think that's we hate that for you. But if we want to look at it from the parents' point of view. It doesn't make it right, but I can personally follow the logic mm-hmm. of you've raised this person and they've had these particular um, problems and challenges and the idea of entrusting them to someone else to do this thing. That's, you know, it's a big hairy unknown and all the bad things that can happen in that situation. Mm-hmm. But exactly as going to saying that's a refusal to kind of look at it. Yeah. Because realistically, if you meet a nice guy from church who wants to take you to coffee Yes, you might have some kind of medical thing in the middle of the coffee shop, and there we might have to call an ambulance, and that would be bad. But that's not the end of the world. You know. That's not, an, as you're saying, an insurmountable problem. That's right. That's But when we refuse to look at those problems, they become kind of really big and hairy. Mm-hmm. I think that also, and again, to take this away from the physical disability realm, because this actually does apply to a broad swath of people. We talked to a lot of younger folks and a lot of folks at the bridge who are transitioning out of kind of one of the things that uh, they say about drug addiction is you kind of pause your development at the, when you become an addict. So a lot of the folks we deal with in a way are kind of coming out of their adolescence and into kind of an adult role. And a lot of that calling stuff comes up and I don't know, how would I know how to do it and how would I get started on it? But a lot of that again is kind of fear of, what if it's not what I think it is? Or what if I go down the wrong road of it? Or what if it's not as neat as I think it's going to be? And the reality, and this actually goes back to our first question, what Jed was walking through a lot of, is anything you look at, you can handle. Or maybe much more accurately, God can give you the strength to handle. So to go back to Jed's, uh, the point he made about money, and I made this point in the blog post when we wrote about this, if you ran the numbers tomorrow and you would need, you know, rent, security deposit, and maybe you would need some extra accessibility things. You would need a ramp, you would need a shower stool, you know, whatever you might need to retrofit a place that would that would work for you. Let's say you looked at it and you said, with the, you know, if I the amount of money I'm currently making or if I get a job wherever, it would take me four full years to save up the amount of money I would need on that. That's that's a bummer. That's a long time. But the thing about that is if you did it, Tomorrow, it would be three years and 364 days. Yep. Mm. And then that would kind of build up. And that kind of, once you look at a problem, even if it's a big, hairy problem and have some information, that all becomes more digestible because you have these single steps we're talking about of, you know, I need to, you know, I need to set up a Squarespace site with my design on it so I can send people a link that they can see my stuff. And that's, you know, that's a little bit of time and that's 10 bucks a month. And then I need... You know, I need to, you know, spend a lot of time on the phone, just cold calling people about freelance work. I hate doing that, but it needs to be done. This amount of money, even if they're unpleasant things, it's something you can check off the list as opposed to just this giant hairy thing that says, fulfill my calling. Yep. Yeah. Which is kind of undoable. Yep. Yeah. Then you're, yeah. T- you're listening to three guys. And if Lee was here, you'd be listening to four who are living out their calling. You're very clear about that, but that's not one thing. Right. That's 20 things a day that we are yeah. called to do right. that all happen to fall under this big heading. That's right. And that's available to you. As Glenn said, you, there's no one, we firmly believe there's no one who can't start living out their calling tomorrow. And that's if you, if you have uh, illnesses, if you're, we tell this to guys behind bars all the time, whatever God eventually has for you to do, the path on that begins today. And again, we don't want to uh, 
speak out of turn about situations we don't know about, but we dealt with a lot of people in a lot of complicated, difficult situations. That's been true for every one of them. It's true for us. We know it's true for you as well. All right. We are going to sign off there. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We are going to get you a little bit of Lee on this episode. We're going to take you out with a song from the Bridgebox catalogs. This is Lee's version of a great old hymn that actually talks about a fair amount of the stuff we've been talking about on the show today. It's called Take My Life and Let It Be. Take you out with that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, we like our fans enough to stalk them back. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It shall be